everyone. Welcome back to the Where If You Take You podcast. We are Kayla and Aaron, and as always, super excited to be here. Uh, we are going on episode six. I'm losing tracks. Yeah, five. Episode five of this, and it's been a lot of fun. I I don't know, Aaron, how you feel about it, but I really enjoy these, like, just our time here chatting. Um, I always feel like I kind of leave it, and I'm got like energy which is good because after this i have to go do another bike so i could use the energy that we get from these yeah (laughs) um and thank you to everybody who has sent in some questions we had a bunch more this week so that was really awesome again if you have any questions for us because what we do part partly on here is we want to answer your questions we want to provide you the information and thoughts that you want to hear. And so you can send them our way at www.wherefeettakeyou.com slash podcast. Again, we love them. We like seeing them. I love to read them. Um, and it's kind of fun to be able to create a show that allows us to answer your guys's questions on a bigger platform. So thank you again very much. So before we dive in, though, to our weeks and our topics, uh, just a reminder that you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And um, other than that, how's your week, Erin? You just got back from uh, Seattle, right? Yes. So it's been good. I actually was able to get a good amount of training in while I was in Seattle. Um, Definitely different running scenery than I was used to. Uh, I think I've ran more elevation in the past week than I've ran in my whole <laughs> life. Um, but that well, was Seattle's fun. really it. hilly. It was really hilly. There were some unexpected hills thrown in my runs too, but um, I don't loved it. Whenever I do hills, I feel like my form just instantly improves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it even does. when I got back to running flat, it feels good. So, I don't know. It's been... Good week, having some hip stuff now on the bike, but going to PT and dealing with that. So how are you doing, Kayla? Yeah, the hip stuff will work through it for you. Um, Not fun. I know it's frustrating, but it's one of those where allow yourself to be frustrated. We talked about it. Allow yourself to be frustrated for a few minutes, but then move on and focus on what can you do to fix it and those kind of things. Um, how did the team do at um, the meet? Did it pretty well. So I think we scored over 150 more points than we did last year at this meet. Uh, we moved hey, up that's place. Our, everyone seemed to execute really well and positive meet. So really excited for the girls. And it was nice to see all their hard work pay off. Yeah, that's always really cool. Um, Awesome. That's exciting. Well, all right. So then my week. Uh, well, I feel way better than I did last week, which is a good thing. <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know what I had last week, but it just totally, totally drained me. Like completely drained me. I had, well, I mean, that's what happens when you don't eat. So yeah. <laughs> PSA, everybody. Eat calories. They are important. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was just trashed. I I was feeling better on Friday uh, last week and then did my swim in the morning and the water felt really cold. I mean, it was cold outside. I just couldn't get warm. I, like, didn't do anything special with my swim, didn't even finish it, and was just so drained afterwards and came back okay, I'm going to hop on the bike. I can do this. Like I'm feeling okay. I, I, I couldn't even hit like 80 Watts. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. And it was super frustrating. And like, you know, as you're kind of feeling today a little bit, like you had this like intense, like insane, like imposter syndrome and I don't deserve to be there. And everybody's training better than me and everybody's doing better than me. And you know, it just kind of really comes full force. So I allowed that to feel that way, allowed myself to feel that way for literally like probably 20 minutes. And then I got over it and just said, okay, what are you going to do today? I literally sat on the couch 
and did nothing. I didn't even work because I was so drained. I couldn't even think. And I did nothing. And I tried to eat and I got some food in me and I felt way better. And the next day I ran 19 miles. So Damn. there's that. <laughs> Just doing what's best for you in that moment can be so powerful yeah. sometimes. It is. And just really, exactly. Being able to take a step back and one, not let it derail anything. Like, yeah, I was frustrated. Yeah. I felt like crap and I didn't, I was disappointed and frustrated myself, but I moved on from it really quick because I know why. And I just focused on that and just said, yeah, tomorrow's a new day. And if it doesn't go well tomorrow, it doesn't go well tomorrow and it'll get better. And it did. And this week I so far, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is anymore, but it's Tuesday and all <laughs> my Monday session went really well. And yes, today's sessions so far have gone really well. Um, yeah. So from a training standpoint, things are looking up. We've got a lot going on in the Bowker house right now. So um, I probably could like fill this entire podcast with like the life of Kayla but that would probably bore everybody <laughs> to tears. So <laughs> I don't know. Some people might want that at some point. <laughs> oh man. Between potty training and figuring out our house situation, which is a little bit of a light mess. Hopefully it'll be resolved by the end of this week. Training, racing coming up, figuring out moving work. Yeah. All of the above. A lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way though, right? Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think we're good. It snowed last night again. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, I have a really happy face on about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just be excited to move to Arizona. It's nice here. Exactly. I know it was snowing when I got home last night and I talked with my parents and my dad was like, yeah, well, I'm sitting outside having a beer and it's 75 degrees. I'm like, thanks dad. Puking snow outside, but you know, okay. That helps. Yeah. But thankfully I'm headed down to Tucson on Monday for a really fast, short, basically there for the week, Monday through Friday training camp um, with some people. Oh, um, that will be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. I'm excited. Um, I am going on my own without the kids, which is always good and bad for me. Um, it'll be good because I can get some sleep and I can just focus on training. But I always really miss them. I feel really guilty for doing it. Like I'm still like even now, my be gone from them for five days and what if what if they miss me too much what if they don't miss me and then that's bad and what if you know they think that I don't love them because I'm gone and yeah mom guilt I think you're showing them that it's important to do things for yourself too like obviously your kids are the most important thing in your life but you're also showing them like you can do your own thing and it's okay. And they'll learn like you still love them and it will make it sounds weird, but like when they have to be alone, it will make it easier because they've been away a little bit yeah. too. It It's very true. And me being gone does not mean that they're, they're you know, I'm, they don't love me. I know that, but it's like that irrational side of my brain goes that direction. And We've already started like prepping Skylar that I'm going to be gone for a week. And so he keeps saying like, are you going on an airplane tomorrow, mommy? No, not tomorrow. Uh, Next week, bud. I won't be able to see you. And I said, well, I, you can call me. We will FaceTime every, all the time, multiple times a day. He says, okay, so daddy will FaceTime you so I can talk to you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I miss your boys. They're the cutest. Every time I say I'm doing a podcast, he goes, you're talking with Aaron? Can I talk to Aaron? (laughs) Can I say hi to Aaron? (laughs) Oh. 
it's so pretty cute. cute. So, um, yeah. How many no, people is the training camp with? Um, well, it's kind of like a unofficial training camp, I guess you could say. Basically, Caitlin Alexander, who is a new professional, rookie professional, similar um, to me out of Boulder. Her and I, you know, are very similar abilities. And we were just kind of chatting over Instagram. And I had at one time said, you know, hey, if you ever need a training buddy, like, I'm always down to head somewhere to, you know, train with someone. And she's like, well, I'm going to Tucson at this time frame. You want to join? And I said, sure, I'll join. So I'm basically just meeting down, her down there and we'll go, you know, meet up as much as we can and stuff. I think we might be on a little bit of different training schedule right now. I don't know. I have no idea what her plan is, but um, I've got Ironman Texas coming up. So I am got a couple like final really big weeks here and so I have some big rides and a couple and a big run and stuff that I need to make sure that I get done while I'm down there. So we'll just coordinate the best we can. And, you know, at anything, you know, nice to have people out there and know that they're out there and I'll be able to get outside because Tucson is a great place and... to get those long rides in. So they've I've got never... a great setup for it. Yeah, I haven't uh, trained down there, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it will be fun. Um, awesome. Alrighty. Well, let's dive into some of our topics here. We've got some really good ones this week. Um, a couple that came over via the, um, website podcast area, and then a couple over Instagram. So the first one is a really important one that I think, you know, definitely needs to be talked about, you know, across the board, um, with athletes, coaches, and just in general, um, this is from Laura and she wanted just us to chat on training and racing when you're PMSing or on your period. Um, cause as we all know it can be, there's a lot of uncertainty with it and it can be kind of a funky time frame. So one thing before we talk about it, Aaron and I are not experts in this field. Yes, no. we are women though we experience it, but that is about all that we're sharing just from our own knowledge. Um, and so like that, we are not experts. Um, we're not doctors, medical experts in it, but, um, you know, we both have ex experience training and racing all on our periods and as women and as coaches, it's just kind of important to kind of understand a little bit. So, um, yeah, we'll just kind of dive into that one. Um, again, it's for me where I come from with it, similar to coaching and training, um, I really think that it's very important for you as the woman to really learn how your body responds to a period because everybody responds a little bit different and there is no one size fits all, I don't think. And I, I you know, that's definitely like a big problem that I see with it is that we try to fit everybody into a box and like, yeah, you're, you are, you will respond this way, but everybody responds so different do the hormone fluctuations that occur with um, your period that I think you have to be really focused on that um, first and foremost. But one thing that is cool is, and that I think that we all need to embrace is that we actually can still be very strong and amazing during the time that we are on our period. Um, I only raced a couple of times when I was on my period and I actually raced really well. I had one of my fastest runs Cabo while I was on it. Um, and did just fine. No, no issues, nothing. Um, but what I really found that was really important that I now really take into account when I'm training, um, is that I, I need a lot more carbohydrates and calories and electrolytes when I'm racing and training in and around my period, like kind of for that whole week that I'm on it. Like, Normally in a 70.3, I drink about two bottles of calories. I drink three and I was still like, this isn't enough. I need more. Um, it was amazing how much I felt like in order to maintain a high energy output, I needed so much more help from a calorie standpoint. Um, and now that I really focus on that, that's helped during training. So that I don't get quite as much of a, like, feeling like I'm dead inside 
standpoint <laughs> in and around it. Um, that was big for me. I don't know if you've noticed something similar. No, and I think that's where like every woman and every body is different for me. I just, I get pretty bad cramps. So I just, sometimes I do need Advil, which I don't like taking Advil very often, but around my period, especially um, if I have a hard training session, I will take Advil one day a month. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to kill me. Um, nope. but then if I know I'm racing or have a big training session, especially a big run day, um, while I'm on my period, I have to be really careful about what I'm eating in terms of the fiber content, because I mm -hmm. already sometimes have an issue with running poops. Um, but then I also get period poops. So if I'm not careful and the two combine and clash, it's not pretty. And my digestive yeah. system is all over the place. So just being really wary of not eating corn, really, and other substances. Right, high fibrous yeah. foods. Yeah, just run right through me. So that's and that really me. could be because one of the hardest things to nail down during that PMS phase is the fluid shifts that we have. Our bodies need more fluids, and so if you are like if you're not actually absorbing the fluids and electrolytes appro appropriately then your GI tract is going to get all kinds of messed up. So that could be something for you to start thinking about a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, do I need more water? Do I need more elect less water and more electrolytes during that time frame to help yeah. absorption and kind of yeah. managing and absorption of the calories? to really look into. And I think it's interesting because I was on the birth control pill for – ages like 15 through 24 um just because I had really heavy bleeding or really bad cramps when I was 15 so doctors just put me on it and I just stayed That's on what it they did yeah That's why not yeah. um so just recently within the last year I've gone off of it so just learning how my body adjusts without it is also something that's going to be a process in the next few months um yeah and has been and learning more things about my body and how my body responds to different things. So being a woman, it's a lot of fun. I found <laughs> when I got off birth control and after I've regulated, which took me like two ish months because I wasn't on it for crazy long. I think when I just I got on it when I was 21 and well, so about 10 years. Um, so I guess long, um, it, I found my performance improved by an astronomically large amount. And I didn't really realize it until I got on birth control again after in between having Skylar and Baylor. Um, and then obviously we decided that we wanted to get pregnant again. So I got off of it and I, that in between stage, it was amazing how before that I just constantly kept saying like, I feel like I can't hit that next level. Right. I'm missing that ability to top that hit that top speed, especially when I was running. Um, and I got uh, off of the birth control because um, we knew we wanted to get pregnant in the next little bit of time. And because I had only been on it since so short, I regulated really fast. But all of a sudden it was like, wow, there's that top end speed. Like I just started clicking off like 615s easy all of a sudden. And I was like, this is a huge shift for me because I was no longer, you know, having something force the regulation. My body was regulating on its own. And that was a big like realization for me um, that it didn't like, you know, kind of those pieces and looking back on it, it makes sense. Cause so we had a hard time getting pregnant with Skylar. Um, it took us like almost two years and we went and saw Fertility specialists and basically what came down to is that my body, I didn't ovulate at all. We still, truth be told, never ovulated, even with help. Don't really know how that worked to get pregnant, but it did. Um, but when I was using progesterone and everything to help influence my body's ability to ovulate, I felt horrible. Horrible. 
And I think, and then, so then obviously birth control is a similar type of concept to an extent. Never felt good on it. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting for you to see where your body goes from that. Yeah. What it does for you. And I think it's just everybody needs different things and it's just important to pay attention and even take notes on your body. And like, when you find something that works really well, just jotting it down or something that doesn't work mm -hmm. well and just kind of track with your cycle, what you're doing and how you feel. And maybe you'll notice a trend and you'll notice like, Hey, like if I do consume more carbs and I get my period on race day, like it just makes it even more important to increase those carbs mm -hmm. and make sure I'm getting them all in. Um, because I don't think a period means automatically like, Oh my God, I'm going to race so bad. Like you can still race mm -mm. really well. You can still have the best race of your life. Um, but the mm -hmm. more you can notice how your body responds to different things, I think the better off you'll be. What do you use um, to track for you? Do you use an app or do you just write it down or what do you use? Um, I started using this app wild. I ha haven't decided. Ah, if I yep. love it. I use the same one. Do you? I use the same one. I also don't know what I think about it, <laughs> but it does work well for tracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wild um, AI, everybody just, yep. uh, I think I interrupted, but wild AI, it's kind of a cool app. Again, i kind of feel the same way about you. I don't know if I like it or not, but yeah. And the other thing I, about periods, I guess what we can touch upon is I know a lot of people, um, think that you should train a certain way during your cycle because there's different benefits to it. And I do think there's some truth to that. Like you might get greater aerobic benefit during one phase of your cycle and better strength training benefits during one phase of your cycle. The tricky part that in the issue I have with doing that is you don't know when race day is going to fall in your cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've never trained a certain way during that phase, I think you're physically and more mentally going to run into issues on race day. It's almost um, like you're putting yourself into a box. Like if I'm at this stage, I can only do this. Yes. And yeah. that I would be wary of and cautious of. Same. For me, I think it's more along the lines of like focusing on keeping in mind the pieces that you need. Like we talked about, like the shifts in your fluid, your body temperature and your met metabolism um, which are huge in, especially in certain parts of your period. Um, and then, um, combat, combating inflammation that occurs specifically around the mm -hmm. PMS and period timeframe. Um, and so just really focusing on, you know, managing those things. One thing I think that it, we definitely want to stress is that it is very, it is important to have one. Um, Yes. There's so many of us women, and I know I went through a phase with it. I mean, I didn't have a period for a lot of years um, with my anorexia and then being on birth control and being someone who doesn't hold fat very, they don't hold fat very well. Um, I went for a long time frame without it. And I definitely don't think that was definitely not good for me. It was probably one of the reasons we had a hard time getting pregnant for a while. Um, and, um, now that I'm more regular and on top of it and focused on it, eating, eating enough calories to support my system, um, for what it is, I'm racing and training better and it's made a difference. Yeah. I think it's something that is really important and I'm glad people are starting to talk about because it is easy to look at the people around you and be like, oh, they're really skinny or like the gold standard in running. I'm pretty sure used to be like, if you don't have a period, that's when you know you've like made it as an elite yeah. runner. Um, but knowing like you could maybe experience something short term from being really skinny and stuff, but it's really hard to hold on to and really hard to continue to see um, extended benefits. And on top of that, you're not healthy. Like your body's yeah. supposed to carry some fat. You're supposed to have a period. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to make sure you're feeling enough to mm -hmm. get that period and allow your body to do what it's supposed to do. Yep. I know I, I became a better athlete when I gained 10 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I used to be 
for those of you that don't know, I mean, I, I had an eating disorder in college. I got to a point where I, my parents almost hospitalized me. So for reference, I am five, six, I was 99 pounds at one point. Um, and that's kind of when they said, yeah, Kayla, you either need to go to therapy or we're going to hospitalize you. I chose therapy. It helped. Um, and then I spent a lot of time at about 115 and that still probably wasn't the right weight for me. I mean, I'm not short. I'm fairly tall. Um, I'm lean to begin with. And when I really got serious about triathlon, my body instant to, to, to support what I was doing, my I put on weight. It's like, I couldn't, it was like, it was like telling me you need to gain weight, Kayla. And when I allowed that to happen, I became faster, stronger. I stopped getting injured. I stopped getting as sick. It was amazing what it did for me. Yeah. Letting go of that I think... idea of where I had to be was important for me. Yeah. And I think triathletes love to focus on numbers and what you mm -hmm. should be and what you shouldn't be. I mean, even myself, like I'm bigger, like I'm just built big. I carry Power. a lot of muscle. I carry, I'm power, but yes, that's like, I'm powerful. And it's hard sometimes to look around and be like, oh, these girls are like so lean and so skinny. Like maybe I should do that. But then I think about like why naturally I got into triathlon and was probably pretty good on a bike despite not ever really riding a bike because I'm so powerful and because I've got that muscle mass and because I eat enough to sustain that muscle mass. Um, and I think that's the really cool thing about triathlon is you can look mm -hmm. so different from one of another and still be as successful. Um, mm -hmm. Just figuring out what works for you. But I think maintaining a healthy weight and a healthy cycle is really important, both short-term and long-term. Yep. And as we mentioned, I think it's definitely something that is different for everybody and how you maintain it is different. Um, again, we are not experts at any of this. We're just sharing our story here and what we've gained from our own journeys as athletes in it. Um, but I do know for me, I, I mean, I believe in it. I think it's important and it's not always fun. <laughs> no. It's not always fun <laughs> to deal with it's the ups and downs of fluctuate hormone fluctuations and I know you, I don't know, for those of you that are listening that have had kids, it, it is a different beast after you have kids, your period. Um, it completely changes. It is so weird. And every, it's like, I used to be someone who barely had one. Like even when I did, it was super light. And now it's like, Hey, you're dying for five, <laughs> five days. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I hope that helped Laura and everybody who's listening. Um, again, we just, yeah. If you guys have questions yeah, for us, you speak know, from our know. own experience yep. yeah. or yeah. for sure, you know, go chat with your OBGYN or a, a fertility doctor or somebody who is definitely a lot more experienced with that than, than we are. If you do have questions about your, about it. So yeah. thank you, Laura, for the really fabulous question. Okay. So here is another really great one. This is from Debbie, who is a long time where if you take you athlete, we love Debbie. Um, and she had a we question on, we do. Um, she had a question on race visualization. So she is racing Salem 70.3 this year. And she's having a really hard time, like kind of visualizing and just getting herself like mentally prepared for it and prep because she's never seen the course. And so she's just kind of wondering how we tackle that. Um, Cause that's, you know, especially with age group racing, a lot of times, right. You're going, maybe going to a race you've never been to one because you want to, like, you don't want to do the same one over and over again. And, yep. and you want to experience new places or go somewhere new. So you're not going to know the course. Um, and, but it doesn't mean that you can't get mentally ready for it. So, um, what are some tricks, Aaron, that you've used in the past for kind of just mentally getting ready for a race when you don't know the course? Um, I mean, one thing I do do is I'll look at pictures of the course just to get a general idea, um, that tends to help me, um, 
then I'll look at course maps too, just to know what to expect. But from a visualization perspective, I more visualize how I want to feel throughout mm -hmm. different aspects of the race. So yes. I think sometimes we just like want to see it all. But at the end of the day, like, could be raining, it could be sunny, it could be freaking snowing. I don't know what the conditions are. Right? So your visualization, if it's all based on what things look like. Um, it's not necessarily going to be what it is on race day. Whereas if you're visualizing how you want to feel during different parts of the race, like how you want to feel before you enter the water, how you want to mm -hmm. feel when you dive in, how you get out, how you want to feel mile 10 of the bike versus mile mm -hmm. 30 of the bike, um, and visualize those feelings and how you respond to those feelings yes. and how you respond to the negative thoughts you have or the positive thoughts you have. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the way to visualize and really get yourself set up. You totally nailed it. Um, you definitely don't need to see the course in order to visualize very effectively. Visualization is very, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it from just, you know, meditating to doing guided visualizations to, um, you know, repeating mantras in your head or, ex and then my favorite is exactly what you just said, Erin, is like walking through the swim, the bike and the run and asking yourself, how do I want to feel? And then what actions do I need to do in order to feel that way? And then running through that race plan with focusing on that, like, okay, in the swim, you want to feel smooth. Well, what does being smooth mean to you? Is it mean that you have your catch feels a certain way? And then you ask yourself, well, how do I do that? Like for me, I always visualize like have feeling really smooth. And when I feel really smooth in the water, I'm faster. And to feel smooth, I know for me, I have to really focus on head position, kick connection, and then having my hands at 10 and 2 because I like to cross <laughs> over when I get tired with this left arm. And so I visualize that. I picture myself swimming that way. Um, and same for the bike. I picture myself in arrow. I picture myself breathing calmly. I picture my legs going up and down in a, at a cadence in the 90s and really asking myself, like, where, what do I want to feel and how do I want to accomplish that? The other thing that I do often that I think is really powerful is you can put yourself in a situation when you're practicing visualization of a place or a race or a time that you have felt powerful and visualize that like being you're on the trainer and you need some motivation or some oomph. Visualize yourself somewhere where you know you you ha you just you can see every ounce of it. You can picture it. Like I visualize myself in Kona when I'm on the trainer, training for Ironman Texas. I picture myself on the Clean K. I can see it. I can feel it. I can smell it. I can I can feel like I in 2018 on the way back on the final like portion of the queen K. So it had been, it was like mile 85, um, where you've kind of gone up through the ups and downs, right. And you're kind of in this space where it's starting to just go downhill for a while there. It rained. And I remember feeling like it cooled me off. I remember feeling like the water, like spraying up. And I sometimes picture that because I can see it, I can feel it and it gets me energized. Um, so putting yourself in a place where you know can also be a really great visualization tool. Um, you know, even if that's it's like sometimes in races, I've even used, so one of my favorite sessions is 800s. And um, I will, I do them in a specific stretch that's flattish in, in my neighborhood. And I always feel really strong after that session. And I've actually in races, pictured running that stretch over and over and over again because what I'm doing is I'm putting myself into a space where I feel powerful and strong and that translates right because our brains don't know the difference between reality and imaginary and they see things in pictures so if you picture yourself doing something in a space where you feel powerful it doesn't necessarily know that you're in Texas or in Salem or Arizona just thinks you're wherever you're putting yourself in your head. Um, and so that's been a really powerful tool. The other thing I'll do 
is this started during my building block to Kona. Um, there's this one song, it's Opus by Subtronics, but it's this really like gradual buildup um, to the words, you'll feel it all at once. Um, and then it's like a bass drop and like fun and stuff. <laughs> but during that buildup, I visualize, and sometimes this will just come on as I'm like on a run or something, but all these hard workouts that I've done and that I've completed and that I've executed well. And when it says like, you'll feel it all at once, all of a sudden I'm like, see myself at the finish line, just feeling all the emotions and all yes. that hard work pay off. Um, oh, I love that. Um, um, and that's been really powerful to me and I still use it. Um, and whenever that song comes on and like, it's on my running playlist and it will come on and I'll just like feel all these emotions, but it makes me more motivated and more excited to have that finish line feeling. And I just feel that finish line um, while I'm working out and I'm really able to just see it all. So that's been another tool I've been using. And one day maybe yeah. I'll put videos to it and I'll have like a finish line video too. With there you go. There like you go. Five years. But um, <laughs> that's been something I've done for visualization. That's been really cool and powerful for me. I love that. Visualization is all about feeling, about creating emotion. And however you can create that emotion, then it's going to work for you. Awesome. Thanks, Debbie. That was a good question. Um, okay. This is another really great, again, we had really great questions this week. Um, so Tessa asked us, what is our favorite method for keeping up energy throughout the day? Um, and I love this question because I think it may surprise people what actually creates energy. Um, because, right, our first thought goes to coffee, energy drinks, <laughs> caffeine, <laughs> like, which we all love. I mean, I've had two cups of coffee today, <laughs> face it. Um, but it's, that really is not what is going to keep your energy up throughout the day. Yeah. And more than anything, it actually probably will like do the opposite. It's going to give you a quick like boost and bump. Um, but it's not going to give you like that sustained energy that, you know, most of us are looking for. Um, so yes, it'll get your energy up, but the number one way to create energy and maintain energy is by making sure you're staying top of the little things in your life, like pro getting the way you eat, what you eat, the timing of your nutrition, getting in protein, carbs, fats, electrolytes, sleep, hydration, um, Staying on top of your stress levels, keeping, you know, those doing the little things that you can do to manage your stress levels so that they're not as high. Um, eating and taking in calories during training sessions, like these are the things that keep your energy up. And when you focus on those, then you can just enjoy coffee because it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> or your energy drinks or whatever using them as a treat. I, think, I mean, let's face it. The only reason I swim is for the after swim coffee. <laughs> Be very honest here. Very well <laughs> the, the, the why yeah, that I, I swim think... at is right next to a Starbucks. And I've spent way too much money because I drive right by it. I just can't help myself. Like it's like my car just magically turns into the Starbucks drive through. Oh, and when you load the money on the app, it's like you're not even spending real money. No, it's get... free money. <laughs> it's free money. <laughs> My husband is going to listen to this and roll his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think for me, I try and eat something like every two hours or so. Mm -hmm. um, because I've noticed if I'm not getting in calories, that's when I'll hit my biggest crashes in the day. Um, so just constantly getting in calories and then using caffeine as like a treat, or if I know I have like a really busy jam packed day, mm -hmm. I'll have treat myself to coffee that day or if I have a really long workout, but I need, I'm a morning person. I like to get my workouts done like first thing yeah. in my day. But if I know I have to do something beforehand, I'll have a coffee during that. So I feel like extra energized, to get extra energized. But, oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely I all for 
you know, energy coffee, if you need energy drinks, the extra pieces of it. But yeah, I think you nailed, you nailed it in saying nutrition, hydration, sleep, like focusing on the little things to remove the, like, or decrease the stresses in our life. You know, whether that's adding in, taking five minutes of quiet time at work, like, you know, little things like that can actually really take a lot of that up. I do think, um, podcast or whatever. It's been, I think a big conversation with the podcast, he Raymond labs getting so popular now, but I think the morning sunlight can be a really powerful thing. I do try and get sunlight at the beginning of each day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really powerful for just setting your system up to like, no, Hey, it's daytime. Like (laughs) time to get ready for the day. I think there's something to that too. I think that can be also utilized. And I haven't listened to that uh, one on with Huberman, but I agree with a lot of that is, and it can be used like throughout the day too. I mean, a lot of people spend all day in an office and if you can take, I'd for your lunch break, even if it's not sunny and you can only, if it's cold and you only step outside for five minutes and get fresh air, mm-hmm. the, the change in scenery, the, the, the fresh air, the potential sunlight, the brighter, the brighterness, whether it's sunny or not, um, it does wonders for your brain and can create a lot of energy. Yeah. Humans aren't designed to be inside all the time. No, which is why I'm, which is why I'm moving to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it here. Mental health is definitely better. I am telling you where my parents live, and I obviously don't know this for the entire state of Arizona, but everybody is so much happier there <laughs> than they are in Spokane, <laughs> where in the winter, the sun doesn't come up till almost eight in the morning and it goes down at 345. Like we have the shortest yeah. daylight in the history of the world. It feels like obviously not because there's Alaska and places further north, but Tonya, the entire month of December or maybe it was November. I don't even remember. We didn't see the sun. It was horrible. We went four weeks with no sun because it was this overcast grayness. We are not meant for that. I'm so solar powered. Everybody just I move to Arizona. That will give you all energy. <laughs> well, might also make you more cranky because then the traffic will be even worse than it already is. So maybe not. Don't all move to Arizona. Yeah. But... No, move to move to Texas. There you go. Don't come that's here. a big, that's a big state. Summer's so hot. Summer's <laughs> so hot. You don't actually want to be here. <laughs> Oh, it is very hot. That'll be one we experience. Um, that's what it is, though. So, yeah, I think you and I are on the same page here. Like, we think that, that it's the little things that create energy. Sunlight, getting outside, taking time to uh, remove yourself from your screen. If you know how to work, decompression time. I like to even think, like, self-care, quote-unquote self-care acts of, like, five minutes of listening to an audiobook or a podcast or um reading doing crossword puzzles it doesn't like those types of things actually sound silly but they give you that space even if it's 5 minutes can make a difference in your mental capacity which can give you energy so Alrighty. Okay. Our last question is from our all-time favorite podcast listener, Blake. <laughs> um, he had a question on what our experience was going from mid distance, which is about 70 point. He's talking 70.3 distance to the full uh, 140.6 or Ironman um, distance training and racing. Uh, he's wondering how training was different with the race feel different. Um, asking how we kind of stay in rhythm in the disciplines for um, so long. Um so, Aaron, you just did this jump recently. Um, what, what, what felt different for you? Or did it not feel different? It doesn't have to necessarily. Ironman training definitely is more time consuming. Yes. Um, it also requires 
a lot more discipline and attention when it comes to the little things like recovery and like nutrition. Um, I've never felt like I had an issue with eating enough until I started really getting into Ironman training and all of a sudden I'd lose five pounds out of nowhere. Um, and that was not the goal. I didn't want to lose five pounds. Um, and it led to me having low energy. So just, I think Ironman training just requires a lot more discipline to stay on top of things and stay on top of recovery. So you don't get injured in nutrition. So you have enough energy and all of that stuff. Um, in terms of the actual racing, I was not expecting the run portion of an Ironman to hurt as much as it did. <laughs> um, definitely uh -huh. threw me off a little bit. Um, got to the run and was like, oh my God, my legs hurt after biking. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where just like racing. Now I've done two Ironmans expecting that feeling. Um, is really helpful because it doesn't throw you for a loop as much. Yeah. Um, but it, mm -hmm. I think they're just completely different animals. I don't know yeah. what your thoughts are, but um, I agree. I think it's just so different. I don't know. I'm trying to remember when I did the jump from 70.3 to my first Ironman. Um, I was in 2016 been a while um I don't really remember what I thought about it but I think now that's kind of the big piece is it just really is the biggest difference really comes down to um you know with 70.3 training you can very much get away with not you can't get away. You can't get away with not taking the little things seriously. But Ironman distance training, you have to be very on top of it. And if you're not, then yeah, you're going to bonk. Things aren't going to go well, um, and you can get injured. And so it really does come down to really focusing on the little things. Well, we just kind of what we talked about just in the last question, like that becomes more important. Um, the race does feel different. 70.3, especially when you're racing at maybe an elite level, um, is still pretty fucking fast. Like, yeah, you are my, like for me, my, my, when I kind of made, really made that jump from, you know, a good age grouper to an elite age grouper. And then now to the pro level, it's just been like, you go hard. There's your race plan hard. Like, cause it is, it's fast. You, you mean, you have to be willing to race really hard for four hours, four and a half hours. Whereas Ironman distance training or racing, even at the professional level, um, is a lot more, there's more control. It, it's definitely a lot more foot, you know, it's not because you're racing hard, but it's a lot more control and focused on control and management of the little things. And if you can nail those, then the race goes well. It's more of a like really long, hard tempo day versus fast. Um, so the race definitely feels different from that standpoint. There's a lot more focus on control and staying in rhythm. And it's just a different type of pain because of that, because you're in a different zone. Yeah. It's just yeah. different Ironman. It's just like, Iron Man's more like, I just want to sit down. I'm tired of using my legs. <laughs> don't want to do this. Anymore. It's been so long. Where's the finish line? <laughs> yeah. Whereas like a half is just like, <gasps> my legs, yeah. they're on yeah. fire. Like, exactly. It's a good way to describe it. Yes, that is so true. Yeah, I will be like gasping and like can't talk in a, in a, in a full, or sorry, in a half. Like cannot talk. Like, this is how I answer questions is raising my thumb. And in Ironman, I usually can, you know, tell people that this really sucks and I'm miserable. That's kind of the difference. But we love it. We do. We love it. Like, there is something so amazing about it. Just yeah. keep coming back to it.
There is over the years that I've been coaching. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had athletes like I'm one and done. I'm never, I'm only going to do one. It is almost, I, I'll give you, I'll give it like a 97% of the time. Um, I can guarantee you, I usually get a message within 48 to sometimes a week later. So I'm thinking <laughs> we're laying is this year. I, you know, I had a friend who signed up for Ironman Arizona again. <laughs> it's fun to push yourself to that level and push that yeah. limit. I love it. Yeah. And they, it does get quote unquote air quotes over here easier. Your body learns to do the training. It's never easy. The training is never easy. The racing is never easy. But the more you do them, the easier it kind of gets. Like, for example, like my Ironman, Ironman training kind of just started. And I'm eight weeks out. So, whereas when you first start then, you kind of have to give yourself like 20 weeks of like a big build. I'm not, and I'm only talking build. I'm not even talking like all the prep, like the base, the prep phase and the base phase and bleh. Like that's just straight race Ironman focus build. More that you do them, the less that time becomes and you can, you can, you have more freedom with your training kind of a little bit to an extent. And by freedom, I don't necessarily mean like skip sessions, but <laughs> what the sessions could look like. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this before we started recording, um, how, especially when you just start a lot of racing is learning how to race. Like I yeah. don't feel overly prepared in terms of training for Oceanside. I, was injured then I got sick then I had some personal stuff and just didn't have the emotional capacity to train and then I was gone and had no time on my bike so it just hasn't been the greatest month of training for me but I know at least each race I've done I've just gotten more race experience so even though I might not feel as physically prepared as I might like for Oceanside I think just being mentally ready and mentally like using it to just be like, yeah, I'm learning how to race more and the mm -hmm. more I can learn how to race. And I think the 70.3 distance is really good for that too. I don't know. Yes. That was kind of a I tangent. But... No, I agree with that. Um, especially for, you know, for you, and I think that looks different for everybody. Like maybe that's an Olympic distance for some people. Maybe it's 70 point for, for you. It is 70.3 type distance. And, you know, for looking at you as an example here, Yes, your biking has kind of been shit the last month. Yeah. yeah. But your swimming and your running have not. Yeah. And so one, you're still gaining fitness. Two, we know that you, as an athlete, you can go out and ride 56 miles tomorrow fairly hard and you are going to be fine. You mm -hmm. can. I was actually having this conversation with an athlete yesterday who's doing, um, that I, that I work with is, Ironman Texans, she's kind of had a similar year as you. She got sick for some well, a weird sickness that came out of nowhere. We don't know what it was that took her out for a month. And then she had a weird shoulder injury that came out of nowhere. And then she had family and she had to take, she took like a weird amount of time off. And I said, here's the thing, you know, we're eight weeks out and she's, we're, we're kind of diving in head first with her, but she has done like eight or nine Ironmans. And I said, here's the thing. You could go out tomorrow and you would get through an Ironman. Would it go well? Nah, it would not be your best. Would it suck? Probably. Do I recommend doing that? No. For those of you that are listening, I don't <laughs> recommend doing that. That is not what I'm getting at here. But what I'm getting at is that she has, she understands it. She's done them. Our body knows how to do them. And that's where you get this freedom a little bit when you've done more of them. And that's kind of where we're at with you. Like you've done enough. You've been an athlete long enough that your body knows, will know how to do this. And, 
as long as it's not, it's not going to injure you or cause any problems or any of those pieces, because we never condone that ever. Um, and that's for me. I never, I am not afraid to tell an athlete that I don't think they should do something if I think that it's going to injure or hurt them. Um, but it's good experience for you. And we would use, if you weren't training, if you weren't racing that day, you're probably going to do a big training day like that anyways. just having long-term goals is also so important like yeah i still have goals for this race but i also can be like you know if the bike's not under 230 which was my goal and i'd still love to do that but realistically it might not happen but that's okay because i've got big goals for cordeline which is my big focus race of the year and i've got even bigger goals for three to five years from mm-hmm. now that's like really my focus so you know what i'll be okay <laughs> we'll yeah. be okay and i'm gonna learn really. stuff from this race so and i think yep. the learning aspect something that i've really that's been a big area of growth for me is like just knowing that like i can learn and like yeah not if you do bad it's not not that i think i'll do bad but it's not the end of the world if you do bad you can still get something from it yeah being able to take the experience for the experience and come out of it saying, okay, this is what I gained from it. This is how it fits into the long-term picture versus just being like, well, that was shit. So I suck. Yes. Which is definitely the mindset I used to have. Yeah. (laughs) So not necessarily with triathlon, but with swimming, that was a big issue. Yeah. Yep. No, it was. And I think over the last like two years, you've really changed that mindset a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we kind of got off a a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. (laughs) It went in a good direction. Um, so really, um, I think the experience in going from mid distance to Ironman distance is just being very prepared and mentally prepared for the amount of time going to take because it takes time you have to be willing to put the hours in it's the way it is and and then knowing that yeah the race is going to feel different if it, it, it's going to be more focused on control um more focused on being at an effort that you can maintain and not necessarily going so hard i always like to say that iron man is about who the person who is being the person who can slow down the least and if you are the person who can slow down the least, we'll do very well. And so Agreed. asking yourself how to do that. Because everybody slows down in, in, a, in a full. That's just the way it is. So if you can be the person that slows down the least, then you're, you're going to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And so you just have to ask yourself when racing and creating kind of your thought process of that is, how do I be that person? What does that look like for me? Does that look like taking the swim easy? Does it look like swimming strong, but not over-focused? And then taking the first half of the bike a little bit easier and then building from there. What, you know, what does that look like for you? You know, what, that's where you focus on it from. Um, exactly. Yeah. And the census questions from Blake, Blake, that's where having that lower RPE now in your is going to be really helpful because it will yes slow it down will least. help it will and he has made a lot of gains with that yeah it's going to make a difference he's racing at oh, Miami that was fun that was I can't believe it's been an hour already oh my goodness yes it has <laughs> I know okay well we won't bore everybody for too much longer <laughs> That was great. Those were some great questions. Thank you, everybody who put those in. I hope you guys enjoyed them as much as we enjoyed talking about them. Um, Again, whether we gave you great advice or not, I have no idea, but we did our best here. (laughs) We shared our experience. (laughs) We shared our experience. (laughs) So... Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Again, um, reminder, you can find us on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Um, if you click the little subscribe button, that does help us to get 
out there to everybody. Um, if you love what we're doing, you can always leave us a review. Please only leave us a good one. <laughs> that sounds horrible <laughs> to say, but but please do. <laughs> um, and we're then trying. If, uh, we're trying here. We are trying here. And if you can't tell, we are having fun with it. And that's really all that matters. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you do have questions for us, um, send them our way at www.whereyourfeettakeyou.com slash podcast. They really just help us to, again, ensure that we're getting you guys content that you want to hear. And you then know, you don't have to listen to me chat about potty training and my children, because otherwise that's all I can talk about because that's literally all I have going on in my life. So here's to that. Um, uh, <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful Thanks, rest of your week. <laughs> if you're racing this weekend, because I know there's some marathons coming up this weekend. Um, we, Where If You Take You has an athlete racing in Tokyo. And then Woo! we have an athlete racing down in the Woodlands. Two marathons coming this weekend. Go so get it, team. Racing this weekend. Get after it. Have some fun. If you're training, have some fun. So, you need a everybody. coach? Hit me up. Yes, Aaron is looking. Aaron is taking on athletes. You want to chat with her? You can message either one of us, Kayla or Aaron, and we can get you set up. She's very good, you guys. I recommend it. Thanks, Kayla. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys, you guys next, next week. week. <laughs> Bye.